This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's lovely to, to speak to Clayton Beerman, who's been a podcaster with the Chelsea Fancast now for, I would imagine, getting on for five years. Yep. Yeah, it's got to be I about think 2015 that. was the first one. Yeah. There we go. And, uh, and has become a massively valued member of our team uh, and a fine gentleman he is too. But anyway, this is not, this is not, we've got another show talking about the fan cast. This is not about the fan cast. This is about Clayton and how Clayton became a Chelsea fan. So I'll start straight off, Clayton. How did you become a Chelsea supporter? Well, it's a question that actually threw me because I don't actually have any idea how I became a Chelsea fan. Um, I sort of do and I sort of don't. Um, I think it's quite, I'm not sure that my dad really liked football. I think that he tolerated it because of me. But when I was growing up, um, as has been well documented in my wonderful book, um, my dad's family all supported Spurs and they were season ticket holders. My uncle was season ticket holder and I was taken to see Spurs on many occasions. And it, it only tweaked on me years later that I was taken to see them play against crap teams uh, because I never saw Spurs score less than five goals. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a great team. It was Gilzine and Greaves and Cliff Jones, and, and they were a, a, a mighty team. But maybe because I was slightly backwards as a child, um, I still couldn't um, bring myself to support Spurs. And I supported Chelsea. I suspect it must have been my dad who sort of said that was my team. Um, and I think it might be to do with the fact that I liked blue and um, the letter C. So that's the pretty inexact science of how I became a Chelsea fan. I think it's brilliant, isn't it? We we all get there our own peculiar idiosyncratic way, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and I love I love that. In other words, what I'm really trying to say is that you know not all of us. Um, it's really interesting to hear what you said there because because my dad, well, he was really into football, but he was a Portsmouth fan, but he wasn't like he didn't, you know. 
you get there the way you get there, and I like that. That's the bottom I'm, line. I'm very glad I'm there. Yeah, me too. And you've been there ever since. Now, um, I'm I'm very curious about the fact, given what you said, actually, it kind of makes sense now, but your first Chelsea game wasn't actually at Stamford Bridge, was it? No, uh, my first Chelsea game was at White Hart Lane. Uh, I've subsequently researched it, and it was in April 1967. So anybody who thinks I've got a young voice, uh, that is a, a lie, and now you'll, you'll know exactly why. Um, Chelsea drew one all. The game is in the history books because Chico Hamilton scored for Chelsea, and he still remains the youngest goalscorer for Chelsea. Um, I have very, very few memories of the game. I remember the goals. Um, I say I remember the goals. I think uh, Chico Hamilton scored with a header. Um, I don't remember the Spurs goal, uh, which is which is fine. Do you know who scored um, it? Do you know who scored sorry? it? Do you know who scored the Spurs goal? I don't. It'll, ki- it'll kill you when I tell you. It must be Jimmy Greaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether he celebrated. Uh, <laughs> Kiss the badge, but- mate. Kiss the my, cock. Most vivid, my most vivid memory of that day was it was quite cold and I couldn't get over how red John Boyle's legs were uh, against his blue short. The kit was fabulous. I mean, you know, all blue against all white. It was just fantastic. Um, sadly, it was a precursor to what happened a few months later at Wembley. But we didn't lose that. So that that was my first game. The first home game I went to was uh, the following season, March 1968, Newcastle at home, another 1-1 draw. Uh, I do know who scored for us that day. It was Ian Hutchinson. Uh, Or no, that couldn't have been Ian Hutchinson. It must have been somebody else. because he wasn't playing for us then. Uh, I will look that up. But what I do remember from that game was an amazing run uh, by Eddie McCready from left back position, uh, and he hit the post. And he, I mean, he literally went 60, 70 yards. Fantastic. Uh, the game was over at the Easter weekend, and um, somebody called a guy called Howard Parnes took me. Now, Howard was a massive, massive Chelsea fan, um, so much more than my dad. Um, and Howard was a um, knew most of the players, uh, which is how over time, over the sort of early 70s, I got to meet a lot of the of the Chelsea team at the time. I was obviously very young, very starstruck, uh, including um, David Sexton uh, and his wife and Peter Bonetti's wife. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, obviously, I was too young to really appreciate what was going on then. But uh, yeah, so so he took me to my first two home games, which was the Newcastle game and then the last game of that season against QPR. So that was the first time I saw us win. We won 2-1 and QPR got relegated with the lowest amount of points um, in the old first division. Uh, so yeah, so that that's that's my my first first couple of games. Right, and I'm gonna you were you were it's bro, I love this you know because the memory plays tricks with us as I found out the other day doing one of these. But your Chelsea played Newcastle at home on April the fourth, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. Right, uh, we were fifth at the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we did draw one all. Um, basically, Hutchinson did score for us. No, but if if you have a look, Chidge, 
the previous season. I think we we drew with them one or two seasons running. Have a look at 1968. Yeah, I did, and it's and it didn't it didn't have it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I mean, we we played Newcastle away on August the thirtieth, and we won five one. Right. Right. And for some yeah. reason, on Bounder Friday, which is you know you can't argue no, with Bounder no. Friday. It's like God. And weirdly, it doesn't have the home match, which is really. Well, I'm, odd. I'm pretty certain it was because if you have a look at that '68 season, does it the last game of the season? Is it QPR two uh, one? Hang on, I'm, I'm hang on. I'm going to get. I'll get right. I'm going to the other god. Okay, we're having a stewards inquiry here. I love this. I mean, the really look. The really interesting thing about this is that. You know, I, I was reading uh, the report that came out with that uh, the, the Newcastle match that I'm talking about, and it, Steve Curry was writing it. Now I got to know Steve, Steve who sadly died uh, recently, but he was a great well, friend of yeah. yeah, great friend of Rob Shepherd's, and I, I've met him loads of times. He's a lovely bloke, actually. But he was scathing about Chelsea, saying after a dull one-one draw with Newcastle, you can forget about getting into Europe. Right. So you're saying March 1968, right? Yeah. So. Uh, let's see what uh, they have to say about that. No, I mean that's really weird. Even on even on the eleven v eleven. What what's the last game of the season in nineteen sixty eight? Sheffield United away. Okay, did we play QPR at home towards uh, the end of the season? No, this is the sixty seven sixty eight season, right? Yeah, no. So it would have been sixty eight sixty nine season. So maybe it was sixty nine. That's the so it was the one I was talking about. Yeah, and he, so Ian, you were right. Ian Hutch did score. Uh, there you go. Right, and you're right. Uh, QPR, we beat two one in the last match of the season. So there you go. Lovely. Now, um, this was a great era, of course, for Chelsea. I mean, I know we lost the cup uh, in in your first season of supporting them, but uh, that was a well loved team. I mean, you basically kind of moved from the Tommy Doherty era, the Doherty's Diamonds, into uh, the Dave Sexton's reign, the Kings of the King's Road. So yeah. so what were some of your favourite players growing up? You mentioned Johnny Boyle and his red legs. Yeah, I, I mean, Johnny Boyle, God bless him, because now, of course, he's on Facebook and he picks up some, you know, if you ever make a message. I'd actually sent him uh, that reminisce, which he very kindly replied to. So, I mean, obviously, at that time, um, and we'll come on to... Mr. Bonetti in a minute with your next question. Um, so he, he was, uh, he was a, a massive favorite, but it had to be Aussie. I mean, he was fantastic. Um, he was great. And it's, it's a source of sadness that, that I never saw him before Emlyn Hughes broke his leg because he was something to behold. Um, but even, in, I mean, somebody played a clip recently on YouTube, which was a goal that he scored against Derby County, which we, we drew one all at home, Derby County. Maybe, I can't remember, it was 71 or 72, maybe a little bit later. But it was the infamous game where Roger Davis, um, miss of the century, where he went past the goalkeeper and then stumbled the ball past the post, <laughs> which was absolutely hysterical. But I remember that game because Ozzy scored a great goal on the on the edge of the area, he basically swivelled and hit the ball. And it was a, it was a fantastic um, goal. And my dad had sort of spent the game complaining and saying to me, Ozzy does nothing. He just spends the whole game on his backside. He just doesn't do anything. All, all he does is score goals, which made me laugh at the time and makes me laugh now. He, he was fantastic. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, 
Charlie, <coughs> Charlie Cook was also a massive favourite. He was so skillful. I mean, um, just fabulous. I mean, obviously, all attacking players. Um, Alan Hudson got a couple of great years watching him. Um, I mean, when those guys left, when Ozzy and, and Huddy left, I was devastated. I think everybody was at the time. I mean, everything was falling to pieces, but Sexton fell out with them. And and I actually genuinely think, uh, how old would I have been? About 13, 14. I actually wanted to go and support whoever Ozzy went to. You were the original fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and, and I actually didn't even question my logic at the time. No. It was just... You know, I would imagine it's a lot like people sort of a younger generation felt last year when Hazard left, mm. just being devastated and, and thinking, oh, I'll go and support Real Madrid. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's odd, isn't it? We we can sit here as grumpy old men and poo-poo these kids for yeah. doing that. But you know what? I remember what it was like to be a kid, and, and that's what it was like. You, you just uh, The idolatry you had for these players was just like nothing else. And if they let... I mean, I remember I wet buck... I mean, I'm a bit younger than you. I'll say that again. I'm a bit younger than you. But uh, <laughs> Everybody's a bit younger than me, apart from Jonathan Kidd. I, you beat me to it. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I wept buckets when Ray Wilkins left. I told him this when I got to, got to know him years later, and he giggled. But I did. I wept buckets when he left. I was just distraught. It was like a real lot. It's like losing a family member. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean it is, and and it's. Uh, I think the well, you know you'll come on to the loyalty thing, but I I do think now it's it's just we're, players. I think players were more reluctant to leave then, mm. but I think obviously Aussie and Hardy were good drinking buddies, and and they were the antithesis of everything that Dave Sexton was wasn't. I mean, Dave Sexton was this sort of really straight laced guy who just loved his football, wanted to coach, and all the rest of it. Um, and I would imagine, I mean, I would imagine that Sexton got very frustrated because he knew how brilliant these guys were and how much better they could be if they didn't spend most of their time in the pub. Um, in, in saying all of that, Charlie Cook was a, a big drinker as well, I understand. So, um, yeah, but I mean, just growing up and, and that whole 1970 side were just wonderful. Loved them. I still do. Got so much affection for them. I really enjoyed that. I, I listened to the fan cast yesterday um, and Jonathan actually described it perfectly when he said how upset he was when people like Barry Bridges, it was like, you know, lose It's like when you split up with a, a, a girl when you're about 12, 13 years old or whatever, or maybe a bit older than that. And it, you're, you're just bereft. You don't know what to do. I mean, the, the last time I felt that was when Jose went in his first spell. Yeah, I, was, I, I just didn't know what to see, do with myself. I just thought this can't be happening. Yeah, I think a lot of that was to do with the shock of it at the time, and you yeah. know what had happened previously. Um, look, uh, there's no it's there, it's no accident that your Twitter handle is goalie uh, fifty nine, um, and that really tips us a wink to who your Chelsea hero is, doesn't it? Yeah, with without. Um, comparison there there is there is nobody um who i loved more in a chelsea shirt than peter bonetti he just was i i, I can't tell you i mean I, I played in goal when i was at school and then you know college and uni i just loved him i just thought he was absolutely brilliant um he was i'd say incredibly unfortunate to be playing at the same time as gordon banks who was without doubt one of the best, well, he probably is, yeah, he was one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen. 
Um, and it always breaks my heart whenever there's a sort of the best Chelsea goalkeeper. Peter never really gets a look in because it's obviously Petr Cech. And I don't think I could argue with that. But in terms of uh, agility, shot stopping, bravery, he, he was up there. And I, I sort of, and this is, I think, a lot of where my kit fetish comes from without being Ooh, uh. slightly um, <laughs> untoward. Um, the kits that he wore were just fantastic. And it, I sort of, I, I get so misty-eyed and nostalgic. I mean, I had a real cob on um, the day that we wore our 1970 um, FA Cup final kit against Forest in the Cup. And, and Willie was wearing the same as he normally does. And I just didn't understand why, if everybody else was going retro, why um, uh, the keeper didn't go retro as well. But yeah, I just I, I just loved everything about him. And, I, and it's quite interesting. The one thing that Twitter has shown me is that I'm not alone. Certain people of a certain age all adored Peter Bonetti, and they really did. And I know that Tony Glover is a big uh, Peter Benetti fan and I know that I think we, we did an episode once on the fan cast where we were just both lamenting the fact that all he's remembered for is that horrendous um, game against West Germany in the 1970 FA Cup, uh, World Cup where he basically was like a rabbit in the headlights. <clears throat> what people forget is that one he had no idea that he was going to be playing until Mr Banks was poisoned and two, he hadn't played for something like three months. I think the FA Cup final replay was sometime at the end of April and the game against West Germany was sometime in June. So, yeah, I mean, it was a big ask, but yeah, but no, he's he's definitely the uh, the hero. Excellent. A very good shot and a lovely man as well, it, it should absolutely be said. Um now, you've been watching Chelsea for over 50 years, which is, yes. I'm considering I'm 55, that's some achievement. So you, you, <laughs> you, must have, you must have seen some great matches. I mean, they're the obvious ones I know, but what are some of your favourite Chelsea moments and matches? Well, favourite matches first, I think. OK, so I think that this is one of the, the most difficult things to, to answer because... Um, If you if you really want to do this, you 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 have to say Bolton and Munich. I mean that those are inseparable in terms of what they meant and um, just that just the the disbelief, the joy, the the just everything. I I always say that I want every football fan, every genuine football fan, to feel like I felt. Um, at the end of the, the Munich final, because it's just it's be, it is beyond description. It was. I mean, I know that you were you were in Munich, um, and I was lucky to be both in Munich and Bolton. And the Bolton thing was, it, it, it was the the point of both of those things. If you supported Chelsea for any length of time, there's absolutely no way that you could ever have envisaged that happening. So I think that that's why they were so special in terms of just personally. Um, but sort of pushing that to one side, if you can. Um, the 1997 Cup final was brilliant because obviously that was the first thing we'd won in 
27 years or no 21 years and um it was amazing it was just a great day it was I'd, I'd been to that awful Manchester United cup final drubbing uh three years earlier and we'd turned up just wanting to enjoy the day and the Man United fans had turned up to do the business and it was it was roles reversed um against Borough we turned up to win and Borough were really happy to be there and then to score after 47 seconds and then just I mean Giles Smith was brilliant he wrote a fantastic article on the Monday just basically saying we waited all these years to win something but after 47 seconds I just wanted the game to finish and it was right because you did and 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 brilliant so that that was a a great day and it was quite interesting because I didn't put this in my responses to you um but the I was thinking about Highbury we we endured so much misery at Highbury but I look at it and I think three of the greatest games I've ever been to were at Highbury. There was a Champions League win, um, the Wainbridge goal. There was the FA Cup semi-final when we beat Wimbledon in 97, which again was fantastic. And then there was a wonderful one-all draw um, when we went back up and Kerry scored and we were all over um, Highbury. So I'd, I'd definitely single those out. Um, one of the other games, which was the, just didn't know it then, but was the 1983 first game of the season. Um, it was a year after we nearly got uh, relegated to the third old third division. Uh, obviously, Clive Walker's one nil, uh, one goal against Bolton. We won one nil to keep us up. And then we brought in all those players. We brought in Dixon, we brought in Nevin, uh, we brought in Spackman. And none of us could believe what we were watching. We we gubbed Derby 5-0. We were absolutely brilliant. Kerry scored his first two goals. Spackman scored the first goal. Nevin actually didn't play that season for at least, I think, three or four games. But it was a precursor to one of the best seasons. Anybody who watched any games that season... It was just full of the most unbelievable games. So that um, that game lives long in the memory. Um, and I think just without doubt, any victory against Spurs. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. 
I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, absolutely, that goes without saying. Let's just go back to that Chelsea derby match yeah. in 1983, because you're yeah. absolutely right. The context of the context is everything, isn't it? Yeah. And you're right. Uh, you know, a few months before, we, we literally were on the brink of being relegated to the third division for the first time in our history. God love Clive Walker forever for scoring that goal in the 1-0 win against Bolton. And John Neal, you know, he'd been brought in the season before and yeah. it hadn't really worked. I mean, he'd brought in Joey Jones, I think, hadn't he, at that stage? The tough yeah, luck, he yeah. brought in Joey Jones. I think he brought in Eddie Nidswicki. Um, yeah. But it hadn't, and... it hadn't worked. I mean, we, we, we still nearly got relegated. So yeah. I think the point I'm making is that when we turned up, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't quite got, I hadn't really started going up to the games by this stage. I About another two or three years. I went. I was still down here. I went to university in '84, so that's kind of when I moved up to London. But the context is everything. To turn up that day in the second division, having seen what had happened before, nobody, but nobody, expected uh, a team that included four debutants who were Eddie Nijveki, Joe McLaughlin, Nigel Spackman, and Kerry Dixon. Nobody expected what happened, and they what they were fantastic, and they walloped Derby five nil, and the whole mood just lifted, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was. You're, you're quite right, and and the ironic thing was that the two most excited, or, or one of the people I was most excited about, who we'd signed that summer, was Alan Hudson. We actually God, re-signed yeah. Alan Hudson, yeah. and. I was so excited. I thought he was going to play that day, but he wasn't. I think he was he was ill um, and ultimately didn't actually get a look in. And I think we actually re- did we re-sign John Hollins as well? Because I think Hollins was playing that day. He was, mate. You're absolutely right. I'll tell you the team. I mean, this is the thing. We walloped Derby 5-0 and it even yeah. had Chris Hutchings playing and he scored. How about that? But anyway, the team was Eddie Nijveki, John Hollins playing at right back, Chris Hutchings, Colin Pates, Joe McLaughlin, Johnny B., Clive Walker, Nigel Spackman, Kerry Dixon, Colin Lee and Paul Cannaville. Yeah. The, the funny thing was that after that, um, I when, when that season started and I saw that Cox Sportive kit, I just, I just had a complete wobbly. I just thought it was bloody awful. <laughs> now, now it's, you know, now it's so iconic and so lovely, but a very, very brief story because I know we're, we're too limited for time, but um I don't know if people will remember anybody who lived in London that there was a sports shop called Olympus Sports and it was in Oxford Street and they had a shirt signing and Joe McLaughlin, Tony McAndrew and Chris Hutchings were there. And I went with a mate of mine and we sort of, I think there was like a brief Q&A, but at the end of it, we went up and had a, had a, had a word with them and I, I can't remember I think it was after the Derby game and I think our first away game that season was Brighton away. 
and we and we just basically said to them look you are going to see the most amazing support you won't you know i know you you're sort of new to the club and all the rest of it but you won't believe what it's going to be like and it was it was just the most amazing away game absolute bedlam anybody that went will remember excellent stuff right we kind of hinted at it a minute ago actually but uh you know the great thing about following chelsea it's kind of a weird thing to say but if you don't experience the massive lows that this wonderful club can bring you uh it does it it kind of renders the the highs meaningless in a sense doesn't it and uh yeah. chelsea have had a fair few clayton what are some of yours i mean this is equally you know when you've been going for a lot as long as i have that there's just been so much and and i know it's like one of those old git things to say isn't it the uh you don't know how lucky you are. But you don't know you, how lucky you are. I mean, so when, so sort of taking this chronologically, when I first started supporting them in the late sixties, early seventies, they were a decent side. They were a good side, and then we had a period from the mid seventies to up to that eighty four season, where it was just unmitigating rubbish. I mean, it really was absolute shite but but the point being is if you don't expect anything you don't your sort of disappointment levels are a lot lower so obviously my first tragic defeat was losing to Spurs in the 1967 cup final that that was a sort of clincher for me to support Chelsea because I watched it in a room full of Spurs fans and at the end of it I cried and I don't actually perceive that they were taking the mickey out of me, but that's when I knew where my love was. Um, I think that, uh, in all sort of joking aside, any defeat to Spurs, I, I, I find almost impossible to bear. So when we went on that incredible run, that, that was beyond brilliant for me. But we lost to them in, in 1974, uh, there was about three or four games to go. It didn't actually relegate us, but it, it went a long way towards. Do, do you mean seventy-five? Was it seven? It was seventy-four, seventy-five season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost two 0 at their place, which was anybody who was there will remember that the game was slightly held up because um, there was mass pitch fights going on for uh, ever and a day. Um, so there was that, there was the the 90, was it 98 that we lost him in the League Cup final? Um, it, absolutely indefensible that we lost that game. Um, you mean another, the, do you mean the one with uh, Juan de Ramos, 2008? Yeah, when Avram was in charge. Yes, he, he basically, yes. I don't know if you remember, but leading up to that game, I think Lampard and Drogba had been injured. And Michael Ballack had been playing and we'd been playing really well with Michael Ballack and Avram, to be fair to him, he brought back Frank, which, you know, why wouldn't you? But he disrupted a, a winning side and, and it didn't work that day. Horrible, horrible day. Um, one of the worst memories was being relegated by Barra in the playoffs. Now, not many people will, will remember this, but when the playoffs first started, um, the top three teams of the se- old second division played the um, third from bottom team in the division one. And they went into like a little round robin tournament. 
And to this day, we are the only first division team to have been relegated <laughs> via that little um, scenario. And I remember we, we lost 2-0 um, at Ayrson Park. And amazingly, the, the game was actually shown at, I think, three cinemas in London or three theatres. I saw it in a theatre in, in Hoban, uh, but I think they showed it at the Hammersmith Odeon and they might have shown it at Wembley as well. Um, and then so we, and we scored really early in the, in the, the next game, 1-0. Um, we went 1-0 up. And then we just couldn't score and we went down. And I, 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 that, was, that was a really good side that got relegated that year. That had Dixon and Speedy and Nevin and McAllister. And never have gone down, players. mate. And then Nevin left after that game, which was just heartbreaking. I mean, that, that was one of the most disappointing um, departures I can remember in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, so... Just, just those I think were the ones that sort of cut the deepest. But th there will have been lots of others. Um, but as I, and I mentioned earlier, the first time Jose was sacked was just one of my worst Chelsea moments because I just couldn't understand it, and that and that was that that was heart wrenching for me. I hated that. Going back to that uh, <clears throat> battle of White Hart Lane, yeah, I had uh, my best mate at the time. Uh, my two best mates, actually, well, I had several best mates, but the two I'm thinking of, one was a big Chelsea fan, one was a big Spurs fan. And uh, the Spurs fan's dad offered to take us to that match. We would have been, was it, seven, 10 years old? Uh, and I couldn't go. Uh, and my mates did. And they came back regaling me with tales of the they weren't interested in the football at all not that they're little hooligans I hasten to add but they were more enamoured by this mad scene of uh and of course you, you can check this out on YouTube people but it, it is kind of comical because you've got all these very long-haired flare-waving platform heel shoed silk scarves round their uh kind of uh belts fans kicking kung fu kicking the life out of each other for periods of the game haven't you I've, it's always stuck with me it just looks so if you look at it now particularly because of course the 70s was a time when fashion disappeared but if you look at it now it's just it is quite funny although if you were involved with it it wasn't funny at all well it i mean i i was sitting in what was the old west stand at tottenham and i just i, I can't remember if there was any interaction between me and my uncle at the time because i went with my uncle and um, it was just, it was bedlam. It was absolute bedlam. But then, and, th and this just is such a generational thing. The referee that day was a guy called Jack Taylor. Yeah. And Jack Taylor was a guy who refereed the 1974 World Cup final. He was, a, he was the best referee there was. And in the absolute carnage, I don't know if this is on YouTube, the absolute carnage of all this going on, uh, it must have been at five to three, he strolled out to the middle of the field and just put the ball down on the centre circle and stayed there whilst the pitch was being cleared by policemen. It was just unbelievable. I mean, that, that day was also famous because that was the day that Eddie McCready took over. I don't know whether it was at his first game, yeah, yeah. but that was the day where he basically made uh, Ray Wilkins captain. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, we were unlucky that day. We had, I think we had at least one goal disallowed. Um, but yeah, no, it's, 
it was it was completely completely bizarre but i mean i got my own back so many times over on my on my poor uncle who uh sadly gone um because i went with him there was there was one very famous occasion where i went with him where we won 4-0 and it was when chelsea fans were banned and i was sitting with him and my cousin and i just the I just couldn't move when we scored one goal after the other. And this smile on my face just was, I was, it was, <laughs> it was trying to suppress it. It was very funny, as was the car journey home. Brilliant. There you go. That's the lovely thing about football. It's ups and downs, isn't it? Now, look, we talked about your worst moments. What about your best moments as a Chelsea fan? I think just going back, you know, Munich and Bolton are the best and, that is without doubt. You can't you can't take that away. Um, they they will never be bettered, and I think it's it's um, that, that's all really I can say on that. Um, every trophy is is a great moment, however insignificant. I think one of the things, um, and it's strange to be using this phrase, but the law of diminishing returns comes in. The reason why I said 1997 Cup Final was one of the best games, I most enjoyable games for me, is because however many times we've won the FA Cup since then, it 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 doesn't it's not as enjoyable as the previous time. That's not to say it's not fantastic, and I love it and I love winning the FA Cup. And when we got beaten by Arsenal uh, a couple of years ago, I, I was just gutted. But every trophy is fantastic. It doesn't matter. I mean, when you talked about one of our worst Chelsea moments, one, one of the things I actually forgot to say was one of my worst Chelsea moments was, was winning the Europa League last year and not being there. That was the first European trophy I'd missed um, since, well, since, I, since we started winning them. I, I wasn't in Moscow, but we're talking about trophies being won. Athens. Not, not being able to be there was was awful so yeah i mean the the best chelsea moments munich bolton every trophy and and without blowing smoke up your particular orifice fancast really you know one of the things that that's happened to me over the last x number of years i don't know is basically being involved in the fancast which is just fantastic and the people i've met um it started my my writing about chelsea which I'm not doing enough of, uh, but might come to uh, a little bit of a renaissance, who knows, um, you know, getting a book published. And that's all through the social media, meeting you, meeting people like Tim. And sort of the fan cast is great and it's absolutely brilliant. And it's enabled me to do lots of things I never thought I'd do. I mean, like, you know, being on the radio was was just such good fun. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, you know, and, and that's all come through my love of Chelsea and supporting Chelsea so thank thank you to you as well well mate uh thank you for those very kind words and it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure having you on for all these years the voice of reason and uh, wonderful dry humor that you bring to it mate right we're kind of on the on the home track now um really just uh, uh favorite modern players and we'll finish up with your favorite Chelsea songs favorite modern players well I I as I said to you in my email, it's a bit difficult now because I'm a 60 year old man and, and sort of being a fanboy anymore is, uh, 
is is basically days are behind you, mate. <laughs> is is basically gone. But if I had to choose my favourite Chelsea player at the moment, it has to be Cesar Azpilicueta because he is just Mr Chelsea, and he is everything that you want a player to be. He loves the club. He basically, whether you are a fan of him as a player or not, you cannot tell me that you've ever seen him throw in the towel. You cannot tell me that you've ever seen him not give everything because he does. And, you know, and that is why successive managers keep picking him is because he is the consummate professional. Um, I was lucky to meet him a couple of months ago and I didn't know what to say to him, but he was so charming and so lovely. And, you know, he was, he was doing a duty at a function, you know, which I'm sure he wouldn't necessarily have chosen to be at, but he was just as professional there as he is on the pitch. And I think he's, he's fantastic. He's such a credit to the club. And I, I think it's going to be a very, very sad day when, when he goes you know, and if you're ter- if you're talking about bargains, I think he cost what did he cost seven million from Marseille. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a fantastic, fantastic player, fantastic person. Um, obviously, I, uh, you know, I still have my affection for uh, goalkeepers, but I don't, I, I don't feel any great tie towards Kepper. I've, I've felt uh, a duty to defend him because I think he has been. Um, unfairly pilloried um and of course at the moment i'm absolutely thrilled to see all these these youth players coming forward i I have to say the first game i I attended this season when i saw um mason i saw tammy i saw Bakai. just it was i thought wow this is good it gave me a goosebumps so in terms of um Modern players, yeah, that that that's 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 where I'd, I I I think I am. Right, finally, old Bean. Uh, I know you're a great songsmith. I I, I lean over uh, from my lofty position in Gate Seventeen and often see you standing up in the Matthew Harding upper, uh, leading the, uh, the, so- the 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 songs of a, of a Saturday, Clayton. <laughs> what are a few, what are a few of your favourites? I, I think that's the person next to me. I'm normally asleep. <laughs> It's not very noisy up there, let's be honest. But what are, what are a few of your song, favourite songs down the years? Well, are, are we talking about chants or are we talking about songs? Well, uh, either, I, either, really. I have to say that nothing is, is basically compares to Blue is the Colour. Mm. Whenever I hear that, it always brings a smile to my face. It was um, sort of going back. I mean, Blue is the Colour, I think, was released about the time just before the 72 um, League Cup final. Yeah. Um, which, if I can skip back, was also one of my worst memories, losing to Stoke um, at From Nowhere. Um, so I love that song. And I, I really love Blue Day, despite the fact that Jonathan drives us mad about the fact that he's on the chorus. <laughs> I mean, that that's just a feel-good song. So I, I like those two. Terrace Chance, <sighs> you know. I mean, who 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 doesn't love the Liquidator? apart from the fact that it's been ruined, you know, with the We Hate Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a given. You don't have to do that. It's like, stand up if you hate Tottenham. No, I hate Tottenham. I don't need to stand up. You know, it's 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 the way it is. Um, and the, 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 I think it's a great sadness, actually, that the players' names aren't chanted anymore. 
I really do. I mean, when I started going, and probably you can remember this, when you stand in the shed, the whole when in the during the warm up, every player's name would be chanted, and the players would all wave back, and that was great. And and that I think is is so sad. You know, we have a couple of songs. We have the William song, um, which is great and well done, waltz. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a great lack of imagination, and the fact that we've got um, some wonderful players, um, may, maybe it'll come back with the kids. Who knows? Well, we will wait and find out, Clayton. Clayton, what a, a lovely way to spend forty minutes. Uh, I, I could spend Brilliant. four hours talking to you, as you know, preferably with a pint or three to go with it. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, when the pubs are reopened and football's back, we'll do just that. But in the meantime, Clayton, thank you so much. That was that was brilliant, fascinating. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. And all good speed for the next 3,000 years of Chelsea fancast. <laughs> God help us. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.